and welcome to episode 253 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow vegetables, fruit and herbs in my allotment and garden. In today's podcast, I thought I would take the time to discuss with you the tools that I use most regularly in my garden and allotment and put together a kind of veg gardener's toolkit list. But first thing, let's find out what I've been up to over this last week in this week's diary. Well, it's Saturday the 11th of January 2020 today, just in my little potting shed at home, just getting some seeds out, ready to sow on a live show. Seeds I'm going to be sowing are aubergine long purple, some jalapeno seeds that I've saved from previously grown, and some sparkler chilli seeds. Three packets, that'll be plenty. Something I like to do on these live shows is sow some seeds, just to add something gardening to the whole live show. Now, I've had a couple hours spare today, so I have been busy in the garden doing various tasks. One of the main tasks that I've done today, during the week, I went to a garden centre, one of my favourite garden centres, down near Bournemouth, and I brought some wood to build some beds with. Now, as you know, I've been able to buy some rather cheap wood recently for the allotment. And this, the wood that I've got from there is quite thick and quite big. And that's been great down the allotment, but I don't think it's attractive enough to have at home. But the size-wise has been great. But I managed to find this garden centre, and it's one of my favourite garden centres anyway. They sell wood of a similar thickness and size pretty cheap. 2.4 metres of 20 centimetres by 5 centimetres thick wood. I believe it's, uh, it doesn't actually say if it's pine or oak, so I believe it's probably pine. I'm not sure, but it is designed for use in a garden. And that cost me £8.70 for the 2.4 metre lengths. So it's pretty thick and it's pretty strong. Now, I've been saying that I'm ha- unhappy with how my garden looks. I'm not really into aesthetics, but it is something that plays on my mind, for the neighbours more than anything. And with that in mind, I have been looking at what I can do in my garden to change things around. As including this change I'm having in the pottager area, where there's going to be more sort of apple seeds and meadows. But one thing I've got growing in that area is raspberry plants. And my wife has insisted that I keep raspberry plants in the garden because she likes to come out during the summer when they're ready and just pick them off and eat them. And that's fine, don't mind that. But because where the raspberry plants currently are, they are in the wrong place. So, as I'm also extending the vegetable patch area what I've decided to do at the very front I've brought it towards so I've brought it so it's in line with the greenhouse and right along the front I have built two beds now these beds are 50 centimeters wide one's 2.4 meters long and the other is 2.1 meters long with a 1.6 meter gap in between uh, and I've I've built those beds. I've basically cut the wood down to size and drilled and screwed them all together. And then I've just sat them in place to get an idea of how it will look. 
And actually, I'm quite pleased with it. It's not finished. I need to paint the actual beds themselves and, and tart them up a bit. But it's given me a chance just to sort of see how they're going to look and get them ready. Now, next week, I should be able to complete them in the sense I should be able to paint them, pop them into place, level them out and fill them up with compost and then start moving the raspberries over. And that'll, that's the first stage of my garden transformation starting to happen. Garden transformation makes it sound grander than it is, but it is a big change that is going on at home. After that, I then spend a little bit of time here in this podding shed. Now, I was thinking that some of my plants in here might need a bit of attention. I've got my chili seedlings that were sown in August and they've been overwintering. I thought they might need potting up into something a bit bigger now, but actually they seem quite happy at the moment. They, the leaves on them are starting to crinkle up, so it might be getting a touch too cold for them at the moment. I don't think the weather is going to get any worse, and I think they're going to, uh, they're going to be okay. Now, some of my cuttings towards the back, I can see they are actually starting to grow and pull them some fresh new growth. So that is going to be a bonus, and that's going to give us more herbs for later on in the year. You may also remember I took a cutting, a rose cutting, and planted it in a potato. Well, the potatoes started to part a shoot up, believe it or not. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, really. Um, the rose itself doesn't look too great, but it doesn't look any worse. Seems okay. We'll keep an eye on it as we go on through. I've also sown some parsley and coriander a few weeks ago in here and the parsley has just started to show itself but the coriander is actually really grown well. In fact it probably needs potting up because it's got all the seed leaves showing. I can't see any true leaves just at the moment. It's got those two first leaves just all out and growing and catching the sun as they as you would want them to do. Well, that's it for today. Just a little update at home. As I said, I only had a couple hours spare. Tomorrow I'll be going down the allotment and we're going to crack on, as I say, in a live show, sowing chilies and aubergines. Well, it is Sunday, the 12th of January, 2020 today. I'm on the allotment. It's rather breezy, but the sun is shining and it's dry. So it's been a great day down on the allotment. I've just jumped into the greenhouse to get out the wind a bit. Now I've been busy on the allotment again, which I'm really pleased about because I feel like I'm actually getting somewhere now and things are progressing. The first task I tackled was my garlic bed. Now, since planting the garlic, I haven't really done much with it. It did need a bit of a weed and I cleared out quite a few weeds, especially the cooch grass, which just pops up. And I gave it a bit of a feed with my garlic fertiliser. Now I keep tubs of garlic fertiliser in my shed and that just sprinkles around. Unfortunately the wind was blowing it in places I didn't want it to go. So I kind of had to sit upwind of it to sprinkle it over so it went into place. Little things that happen on the allotment, isn't it? Uh, anyway, yeah, the garlic has been growing rather well. A few yellow tips, but we've got quite a few garlic growing. I have noticed that my germador garlic, the germination rate on that has not been very good. But the others seem to be doing very, very well. And in fact, the germador I have been growing uh, for a few years now. And I've been saving a bulb each year to grow on. So perhaps it's time to get some fresh stock. 
After that, I set about rebuilding another bed. Now this is one that I cleared out last week. It's still got a parsley plant growing in that bed, but it did have some brassicas that I cleared out last week. And I've just removed the pallet wood and replaced it with these wooden planks that I'm using that I've now been told were originally from roofing. So, and they're decent bits of wood, like I keep saying. Uh, so that's given me three out of six beds now rebuilt. Now there's nothing difficult about building these beds. I just screw them together. They've already been cut to size. So all I had to do was pull them in place, screw them together, measure them just to make sure everything is nice and equal and just right. And that's it. As simple as that. Then after that, I moved on to uh, another bed that has been rebuilt previously, but had nothing growing in it. And this is my shallot bed. And now I gave that firstly a quick run over with my hoe just to remove any weeds that were in there. And then I planted out my shallots. Now there's four varieties of shallots that I've planted. They were Red Sun, Longor, Vergamore, and Golden Gourmet. And they've actually taken up most of the bed. Now I've planted these out about an inch deep or three centimeters deep and 12 centimeters or five inches apart. And they've taken up about three quarters of that bed and that's given me another bit of uh, bed space to do something else in. I'm not sure what yet but I love growing shallots. I actually prefer growing shallots over onions mainly because they store better, they easier to plant and they seem to give more in the terms of space. Uh, anyway but I have got those planted out today. Now I will admit I have planted my shallots out a bit late compared to how I would normally plant them. But I don't mind that, it's what it is. After that, I then went on to the top bed, the large main bed, which I'm thinking of changing in the future onto these smaller beds. Uh, but I had areas of that that I have covered with manure, but I also had a lot of weed suppressing membrane lying around, not really doing anything. And I've just covered over as much as I can with the weed suppressing membrane, just to keep the weeds down, because they are going to start growing soon. And it's just nice to have that one less thing to kind of worry about. Now this area is not going to be really used for planting anything until about March time, uh, when the potatoes first go in. Then after that, they'll be followed in other areas with other plants tomatoes and so on so there's a there's a couple of months really where it's not in use so i might as well just cover it in membrane haven't i it's one less thing to kind of worry about so overall a really productive day on the allotment uh, the garlic's been sorted another bed built the shallots have been planted and i've covered over with weed suppressing membrane now I did run around with a lawnmower and chop up all my weeds as I usually do and I just gave the edges a bit of a mow. Not easy to do because the grass has got a bit long but I'm just hoping if I keep doing it it'll keep it down and make it easier as well as keep providing me with the compost that I so desperately need. But as I went to take my lawnmower back to the shed I went past my apple tree uh, which is meant to be the Bramley apple tree, but I don't think it is Bramley apple, to be honest. But as I went past it, the lawnmower got caught on a branch and it snapped the branch off. Now the branch was quite a big, big branch, so it's a little bit annoying, but it happens. And that's why I'm thinking of moving this apple tree in the near future anyway. Well, that's it for today on the allotment. I'm going to head home shortly and oh, I'm getting quite hungry now.
The tip of the week from the Little Book of Allotment Tips is how do you find an allotment? First of all, contact your local council and ask them. If they have nothing available, try the National Society of Allotment and Leisure Gardeners or the Federation of City Farms and Community Gardens. Now I shall add links to those two organisations in the blog post for this week's podcast at thevegrailpodcast.co.uk should you want to contact them. Just before I talk about my tools, I have received an email from a listener this week and I always love getting emails from listeners so it's very, very welcome. But this email reads... Hi Richard, love your podcast. I've been listening for a year now from Guernsey. I'm just catching up on your podcasts from December and noticed that you spoke a few times about loads of your seeds going out of date. Rather than throwing them out, they'll still be fine if out of date, just maybe less germination. Have you tried putting them on your local Olio food waste group app to give away? A few people do this here in Guernsey and it seems to work well. Keep up the good work. Love this time of year, planning what to sow for this year's harvests. Kind regards, Charlotte. Well, until I had this email, I never heard of Olio, so I checked them out and they seem to be all about sharing more and waste less. In fact, right on the front page, there's this slogan that I just love, and it reads, When did sharing food become weirder than wasting it? Now, you probably know I hate waste at the best of times and throwing out seeds is not something I like doing. Usually, I would actually share my old seeds with birds as a way of not letting them go to waste. But I really like this idea of Olio and it's something I'm going to look into in the future. Now, Charlotte is completely right where she says out-of-date seeds will probably be okay, just less germination. But the main reason I actually try and get rid of -of out-of-date seeds is mainly down to space. I keep all my seeds in an old fridge in my shed and that fridge is full. I've got over 500 packets of seeds and uh, I was just trying to make a bit more space in there by weeding out those that aren't worth keeping. Whilst on the subject of seeds, at the beginning of February, the first weekend in February to be exact, we have Brighton's Seedy Sunday and I'll be attending as normal but this time I've actually arranged to have a chat with some of the organisers. So what I want to know from you, dear listener, if you've got a question that you would like me to ask about CD Sunday, then please get in touch. Now, you can hear details on how to get in touch at the end of this podcast if you don't already know. Today, I did want to talk to you about the tools that I use in my garden allotment the most. And I had actually worked out what I was going to say to you. But then I went on to Twitter and I don't use Twitter that much, to be honest. In fact, I probably need a course in how to use Twitter. But I went on to Twitter And I also done this in the Facebook group as well. And I asked the question, what tools do you use the most in your garden or allotment? Now this question, I got a lot of answers and thank you to everyone that answered. But it was also shared quite a bit. And everybody that shared it, I really appreciate it. Because it it gave me this real picture of what was going on in other people's gardens. But it also made me think a bit more about some of the tools that I use that I hadn't actually thought of. And this made me think that perhaps what I should be putting together would be a list for a veg gardener's toolkit. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to put together a toolkit based on all this market research and my own experience. Now the first tool I have on this list, and I didn't even think of it as a tool, but it's something that we use pretty much all the time and it's our own hands. Now, if you think about it, your hands are used a lot in the garden. They are on every job, I would imagine. They're handling your tools. You're probably using them to pick weeds and stuff. So how can we put those 
into a toolkit list. Well, they need protecting, don't they? And I've learned this the hard way myself. I, uh, I think it was last year or the year before, I was doing some weeding on the allotment and there was a bit of dry grass that got stuck into my hand and it went about an inch deep. And when I pulled it out, there was a lot of blood. It was a bit painful. Um, luckily, it wasn't too serious and I sorted it out there and then. But it could have been a lot worse. So since then, I have made a point of really, really trying to pot on gloves all the time. And gloves are something that certainly can go into a toolkit list. So I've added gloves, but I've also made a, a comment here that I use several different types of gloves depending on what I'm doing. Now, generally speaking, I have a fairly thinnish pair of gloves that I use most of the time. These wear out quite quickly. They're fairly cheap, but they offer some protection, but they also give me full movement in my hands. If I'm in a potting shed and I'm sowing seeds or filling pots up with compost, I tend to use a pair of rubber gloves. I find the extra grip from these, while being thin that I can still feel what I'm doing and keeping my hands clean has really saved me quite a bit of time in washing up. And then there's a third pair of gloves that I also use and these are a really thick pair. And these really thick pair are great for getting into some really thorny brambles and pulling those out and, and stuff that the thinner pair would not hold up to but this thick pair are fantastic for. So we're going to throw those into the kit list. Now next on my list is another item that I didn't have on my list originally but it is something that I use pretty much every time I'm on the garden or allotment and that is a pen and paper set. Now for me I use a pen and paper constantly to take notes of what's happening in the garden and what I've been up to as well as making to-do lists and I will generally do that while walking around. Now I also find a pencil is brilliant for writing on plastic labels. Uh, these are the labels that I will use for seeds and plants. And I use a pencil because it doesn't wash off in the rain, it doesn't get bleached in the sun, and it, it lasts the whole season. I have found that even with permanent markers, they don't last a season. They get faded and they wash off and then you don't actually know what's on the label. And the other advantage with pencil on these labels that come at the end of the season, it's very easy to rub away the pencil on these labels, making the labels reusable. Someone in the Facebook group pointed out to me that he uses a pencil for a dibber as well when pricking out his seedlings. Now I do keep a dibber in my shed, but there are times that I just can't find that dibber and a pencil does make a fantastic substitute, especially if I've got it to hand. Now for the notebook, I actually use a waterproof notebook when taking notes. It's a bit more expensive, I will admit, but the reason I like a waterproof notebook is that most of the time I'm outside and quite often I can get caught out in the rain shower. And I just find that this waterproof paper, pencil works fine on it, but it doesn't get ruined in the wet. Next tool, and this is one that I actually quite often speak of, it's, it's probably my favourite tool, and it's a gardening multi-tool. Now in a survey, a small pocket knife did pop up quite often, but I love this multi-tool, and I'm going to supersede the small pocket knife with this multi-tool. Now I keep this in my pocket at all times, and it is fantastic when I'm down the allotment or in the garden, because... Because I've got it on me, it just means that those little jobs 
get done because I've got that tool right there. Now the tool itself, it folds into itself and it makes it very small that just fits in my pocket. But unfold the handles and there is a pair of secateurs. Then within the other tools, there are uh, folded away. There's a knife, a small saw, some screwdrivers, a file. Basically, you've got everything there. That just means that those small little jobs that can get pot off and you'll get back to another time, they get done. I just find that they get done there and then, which just makes life a bit easier. Secretaire's also popped up in this survey a couple of times. And along with my multi-tool, I do have a couple of secateurs that get used quite often. Now, the, mainly I will use the standard bypass secateurs that are great for just some average pruning or trimming. But I also have a pair of ratchet secateurs. But what I found with my ratchet secateurs is that I can do some slightly bigger or tougher jobs with these because they are great. What I found with these is that as I squeeze the handle, the jaws and the blades obviously clamp around what I want to cut. But when it gets to a point that I can't go anymore, I then just release my hand, which releases the handles, but the jaws stay in place. This then gives me the ability to squeeze the handles again, but because they are wide open, I can get much more strength behind the squeeze, enabling me to get a much better and cleaner cut from these ratchet secateurs. So that, I feel, should definitely be on this kit list. Now my next item on this list has proven to be one of the most popular items in the survey and it was also top of my list for my most used tools and that is the good old trusty hoe. Now over the years I have found myself buying several different types of hoes of various sizes and some hoes that are very specific to particular vegetables such as an onion hoe. But what I found is that I tend to reach for only two types of hoe. Now one is my Dutch hoe, which have a blade just on one side, and the other is my stirrup hoe, which have a blade on both sides. The Dutch hoe, because it has that blade along the front, it therefore slices weeds on the push. And that's great for controlled circumstances around plants. But the stirrup hoe, and I use this mostly when the beds are empty, it has a blade on both sides, as I said, which means it cuts weeds on both the push and the pull. I just find that works a lot better and it does a much better job at keeping the weeds down because if you hoe when there's no weeds you'll never see a weed is the saying. But to throw in with a hoe I would throw in a metal file to run over the blade every now and then and keep that hoe sharp. And the reason I say that is that a sharp hoe is so much easier to work with and does a much better job than a blunt one. Now that might seem obvious, but a hoe can go blunt very, very quickly. And so every couple of minutes, I tend to run over the blade with my metal file just to keep the hoe sharp. And it really, really does work. Now my next item, and this turned out to probably be the most popular item on the server that I've been running, and that is a trowel. Now again, a trowel is something that I use almost every time I'm on the plot. And I use it for tasks such as planting out, but what I found with trowels, because it's a small tool, I was always reluctant to spend a lot of money on a tool. Then I found that I would try and do a job that it needed something a bit tougher for and the trowel would break. Or it would bend and it would just go wrong. So I would then go and grab my spade. But as I've spent 
more money on a better trowel, I have found that the trowel gets used more and more, and the spade really is very rarely used these days. I quite often see broken trowels lying around, either on my allotment from previous allotment holders, or just, just lying around and thrown in the side of roads and stuff which tells me quite often that they do break but i think it's well worth spending the money and getting a decent trowel now someone in the survey said they also use a trowel for many uses not just digging holes and planting out plants but for hoeing and cutting bits of string because again it's this portability it's right there another item that came up in the survey is a rake and when i thought about it yeah i actually use a rake quite often mostly for spreading about compost and leavening the ground but also for breaking up large clumps of earth now for me i only use a soil rake these days and a soil rake is basically the type of rake with short but thick teeth whereas a lawn rake which has those kind of long thin wiry teeth i don't find i use that that much but what I found with rakes, and this is the same as hose actually, I have found that I much prefer a wooden handle. I feel they are nicer to hold, they seem to stand up better. Yes, they can break, but as long as they're looked after, they should last. But for me, the main advantage I feel with wooden handles is they are nicer to hold in my hands when working and if a tool is nice to hold in your hands you're more than likely to use it that's that's something that i've always said next is a humble watering can which especially in the summer gets a lot of use most of my watering cans are plastic i will admit but plastic is good for carrying water whereas what i found with some of the metal watering cans that i've owned in the past they've rusted through after a while whereas my plastic ones have outlived them However, when it comes to buying watering cans, my main consideration has always been how much water it can hold. Watering cans come in various sizes, as you know, and I've found the bigger the watering can, the less travelling to and from the water source I have to make. And in the height of summer, that can make the world of a difference. I do try not to use water hoses, purely because I like to use rainwater. So the bigger the watering can, the less trips I have to make, the longer I can actually spend watering the garden. Now only one person in the survey said the watering can, which I was rather surprised about. But what I was even more surprised about is that my next items on the list, nobody mentioned. All the items I've talked about so far has been the tools that have came out throughout this survey. Now a garden spade and a garden fork. I do find I'm using less and less these days. I mainly find that I'm using them for sort of shoveling compost and manure. But sometimes I do need to dig a bigger hole to plant a plant or dig out a plant or something like that. It's very rare I have to do that. But especially with this hard clay soil I have, sometimes a trowel just is not going to be strong enough. And that's where the garden spade and the fork come out. But what I was really surprised about is that nobody said this on the survey. So just to recap, what's gone into this Fidge Gardener's kit list as we draw this to an end? We have a couple of pairs of gardening gloves, pencil and paper, gardening multi-tool or pocket knife, secateurs, a hoe, a trowel, a rake, a watering can and a spade and fork. 
Now I'm sure you will have a different opinion to me on this and if that is the case then feel free to share to me what you would add to this list. You can contact me through email richard at uk, or you can leave a comment on the blog post at uk, or through social media just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. But for this week please take care and I will speak to you all again next time.